You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about a topic that I think most people don't even think about. We know that those people in power in Washington don't think about it. It's the United States Constitution. Is it still valid? Do we really still need it uh, in light of what the U.S. is doing around the world? And so Chuck and uh, members here of the We Old These Truths want to discuss some of the aspects. Uh, one of the more recent things, of course, is Donald Trump is talking about tariffs on not only China, but Mexico. And does the president have the power to place tariffs? We seem to be kind of free with what we do as far as sanctions, which we've talked about in the past as actually just forms of war against a country. We're doing sanctions against Iran, Venezuela, Russia, and now tariffs against China. Chuck, why don't you lead us off here in this discussion? All right, thank you very much. First of all, we hold these truths as a primary dedication that's in no way being changed by this evening's program, which is going to sound a little different from the things we usually talk about. We are opposed to killing wars anywhere in the world, and especially those financed, paid for, and started by our own government. That's not changing, and it's not going to change. It's our primary effort. Uh, Secondly, uh, we are particularly concerned about the role of our Christian churches in failing to oppose these killing wars. No matter how many people die, no matter what the experience is, they're hardly ever even mentioned in church. And as we've said many times, you'll wait long and hard to attend a evangelical church or even a mainline church that takes time out to pray for peace and points out that war is contrary to Jesus' teachings and that Jesus talked about peace all the time. So this is our primary effort, but we cannot help but notice the daily news points out to us things that should be wrong in our system of government based upon the very principles that made our country what it is. And of course, this goes back to the Constitution, which is kind of the rule book of America or of American politics. I watched a basketball game the other night, Toronto versus Golden State. Toward the end of it, a crucial call came out as to whether a seven and a half footer had interfered with putting the ball in the hoop. 50 years ago or 75 years ago, hardly anybody could touch the hoop. But now you have seven footers who can steer the ball into the hoop so they have a new rule. There is a set of rules and and in this game, the Officials uh, watched the instant replay and decided that the player had guided the ball into the hoop illegally. So rules do change, and in the Constitution, we call those amendments. Now, 
the Constitution is our rule book, so we're going to talk about it in relationship to three things that are going on right now. One is the proposed killing wars that we're being threatened with every day, and the current targets seem to be Iran, Syria, and Venezuela in the Middle East, and of course Venezuela is in north coast of South America. Even China is sometimes mentioned as a possible enemy, and more distantly, even Russia. The point is, talk about these wars is done without ever asking our opinion. Do we want war? Do our elected representatives want war? It's essentially just discussed as something that the president, the current president of the United States has the ability to pull off if he wants it. Another question that's constantly in our news is taxation on imports. Now, these are called tariffs, but they're nothing more than a tax on us because the products that are brought in are jacked up by this enormous tax that's currently being imposed upon China and is on one day and off the next, depending on the president's whim. And, of course, other countries, the latest being Mexico, which was threatened with almost extinction by a tariff a few days ago, and then the latest is that it's off for the moment. Does the president of the United States have the legal right to slap tariffs on countries on and off that amount to taxes upon us? Third thing we hear all the time is the Fed lie about the printing of trillions of dollars. The Federal Reserve System takes the position that it has divine authority to control the money supply of our country and to control the interest rates thereof. These are the three most common economic evils that we hear about almost daily. I'm sure our listeners and our, our members here can think of others because they certainly aren't the only ones. But we're going to address what the Constitution of the United States, the rule book, like the rule book of the NBA, let's say, has to say about these three issues, and we'll find out why this is never brought up as an argument. The reason being that the Constitution of the United States is very decisive on all three of these questions. It simply has a yes and no answer to it. Now, the question of the day, what are these statements? In relationship to the great Federal Reserve System lie that we hear about every day, we're told that our inflation is not high enough to be healthy in this country. We need at least a 2% inflation, the Federal Reserve Board members say, in order to be healthy. And if we don't have enough inflation to be healthy, then what they need to do is to create more money to cheapen the value of the money so that the inflation rate will be adequate. In other words, we need stimulation to the economy. And they make their independent judgments about that. Now, what does the United States Constitution say about this? We'll get to that in a minute. The second issue is the president is constantly levying taxes on imports that are called tariffs. And the question is, who is being taxed by these tariffs? As I said a few minutes ago, ultimately, it is the American buyers of foreign products that come in from China. If they import a Toyota made in China or part of the same, and there's a 25% tax put on that part that goes into the assembly of the car, 
then somehow down the line, the buyer of the car in the U.S. is going to have to pay that tax. So these are direct or indirect taxes on us. There is really no question about it. Now, lastly is the issue of does the president have authority to declare war on another country as he has threatened to do over and over again, is threatening to do in Iran right now? Where does this authority come from and does he have this authority? Well, in all cases, the Constitution grants the authority to do all of these things to someone else. First place, the Federal Reserve System regulates the value of our money, what the money shall be, how much of it shall be in circulation, and they do this freely. And yet, there's nothing in the Constitution that grants any authority to any such organization. Section 8 of the Constitution describes the powers of the Congress. And it says, the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imports, and excesses, to pay debts, and to provide for the common defense and the general welfare of the United States. All the duties and imports and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. The Federal Reserve System is not even mentioned in the Constitution, nor in any of the 27 amendments to it. It basically has stolen this power to print, control the value of money, decide what money is, and in the current instance, run a deficit of $1 trillion being printed by selling government bonds, which are being bought by foreign powers and all kinds of other people, to finance the deficit of the current administration in its quest to establish wars all over the world. So Section 8 of Powers of the Congress, it specifically states that the Congress has the power to borrow money on the credit of the United States. No one else has granted this authority anywhere in the Constitution. Does the president have authority to levy taxes on imports? The answer to this is equally obvious. And by the way, Section 8 of the Constitution grants the power to the Congress, and it says the Congress shall have the power to declare war, grant letters of reek and reprisal, make rules and concerns capturing of lands and waters. Section 2 states, civilian powers over our military cabinet pardoning power appointments is all empowered to the Congress. The president shall have the power by and with the consent of the Senate to make treaties, providing two-thirds of the senators present concur with the treaty. So in no case of any of these debates, which we hear the president carrying out, been approved by two-thirds of the Congress. Without that two-thirds approval, there is no ability of the president to even carry out debate on carrying out a treaty. Now, the question we must ask ourselves is, what can, we could go on with this a long time, and uh, by the way, we'll post a copy of the Constitution to our homepage uh, where you can read it, and it's very simple and easy to read. It has 27 amendments. We must point out that our rights are being stolen by the current president, occupant of the White House, but also by the Congress, by their failure to demand their rights to make these decisions in lieu of the president who just goes about doing it. 
The president has stolen the power of war. The president has stolen the power to tax us by placing tariffs on others. And we need, of course, to establish teamwork in order to resist this. And we'd like the people in our churches to realize that their money is being stolen from them at the same time as war is being created in their names. We need teamwork. Recently, I answered an article about the potential Venezuelan war. I said that the war was all about oil. We wouldn't be there and we wouldn't be threatening war against Venezuela and destroying their system of government were not that they were uh, the largest oil producer in South America. And somebody answered my letter and responded and said, I was all wet. Uh, Our government didn't need the oil. Uh, We weren't trying to steal Venezuela's oil because we didn't need it. We had plenty of our own. One of our parties here answered the third party and pointed out to them that it wasn't about stealing Venezuelan oil. It was about destroying their ability to produce it so they didn't flood the world market with oil. It would help keep up the price of oil for the benefit of our giant, powerful oil industry. The prime issue today is the killing wars that are supported by our churches. Nothing changes this. But the dollars to pay for these wars comes from this Federal Reserve System that operates illegally and which our Congress could amend out of business immediately if they just wanted to do it. They have the power to end the Federal Reserve, throw them out of the country, and to go back to setting the value of our currencies ourselves. Our Congress, by its inaction, is allowing these things to happen. It is not that we are going to change any of these things by understanding them, but we need to be able to explain them to our friends, and this is why we're doing this program. Well, let me have your ideas. Chuck, I, I think you didn't mention most people that are listening would know that the Federal Reserve System is a private banking cabal, it is not part of the U.S. government, and that the Congress has the power to coin money. Exactly, and it's defined in this Constitution. It even says they can't make anything of gold and silver, legal tender and payments of debts. Yes, and I'm reminded over 30 years ago, the situation we've gotten into, you and I were involved in a uh, educational effort to uh, challenge the Congress representatives on constitutional issues based on the Constitution, how they voted for an issue, was it constitutional or not, And we visited the uh, representative in Boulder, Colorado at the time. It was in our area that represented us. It was a man named David Skaggs. And one of the people in the audience, I remember this vividly, asked Representative Skaggs, did he or people in the Congress use the Constitution as a guide when they voted on legislation? And he said with all just frankness, no, they didn't do that because if they did, they couldn't get things done. And so this acquiescence to uh, convenience seems to be very pervasive, just like the power of the Congress to declare war has been basically turned over to the president at his whim. And does anybody know how this has been accomplished? It has been 
a very simple little steps. Uh, one of them is to simply, not to declare war, but to simply call it a police action. And by changing the name of war to police action, the executive branch of the government has simply stolen the ability to make war. Now, obviously, this becomes a precedent after a while. It becomes harder to change. But obviously, our Congress don't have the guts to stand up and demand that they be allowed to vote straight up or straight down on, on any activity that has the effect of being a war against a, another sovereign power. How can it be argued? There is no logical argument to that. The only logical argument is we don't use, as your congressman friend uh, stated, we don't use the Constitution anymore. It's pretty obvious. And, for example, this tariff issue right here, of course, actions have uh, consequences. And so in the case of the Chinese, they've stopped purchasing U.S. soybeans. And, uh, of course, what the U.S. government does to counter that, they, I think last year, spent something like $12 billion on subsidies to soybean farmers. And so ultimately, of course, that's going to cost the consumers more, just like you indicated with these other tariffs. So that becomes another form of a, of a war, actually, and uh, where we as consumers are going to be the ones that have to pay for it. Let me, let me rephrase that, Tom. That's such a good point. China can't sell us Nissans that they uh, assemble in China because of the high excise tax that's been placed on them. So uh, China stops buying U.S. soybeans. The soybean farmers, they become hungry and angry. So the president then, without the permission of anyone, declares that they are going to create a gift to soybean farmers to compensate them for their lost income. And nobody bothers to mention that we are already running a $1 trillion and perhaps as much as $2 trillion federal deficit this year, that the $1 trillion is in the bag and $2 trillion is quite possible if these kind of things go on. And where is this money coming from? It's being printed out of thin air by this Federal Reserve System that has no right to be here either. So the whole nasty circle comes right down to destroying the value of our money in order to compensate the farmers so they'll put up with the embargo on soybeans and so that we can tax China. And nobody gains except the sellers of Toyotas and those who make defense gear and establishments and weapons who are just doing wonderful right now. Chuck, that Fed lie that you cited there, where they were saying that uh, we need to have at least 2% inflation per year, makes no sense whatsoever, except that it puts more bucks in their coffers. It's a bald-faced lie, just like you say. It, it, it's insane. Why do we need... Well, yes, Carol. Also, all of us who buy things know that inflation is much greater than 2% a year. We all oh, know that sure. from our oh, nearest sure. store. And the way that this is manipulated is that the Federal Reserve System has dreamed up its own set of rules for how they determine inflation. And guess what's not shown in the formula that is used by the Federal Reserve System to come up with their number? They don't include food in it, and they don't include fuel in it. Right. The other example of 
the Constitution being rapidly ignored, of course, is in the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, the right to free speech. And we're seeing this with these laws being passed around. The last count was like 28 states that have passed laws that anyone doing work with the states that supports boycotts, divestments, and sanctions of Israel can't do work with them. So that's a violation of free speech. So we're seeing this attack on the First Amendment regularly. That's just one example. Chuck, well, thank you very much for that interesting uh, commentary on the Constitution. We do need to think about it. It is a very important document, and you're right. We have been ignoring it, and we will ultimately suffer the consequences for doing this because we are slipping into a nanny state, a surveillance state, what have you, and a permanent war-based state that should be obvious to most anyone that is looking objectively at what's going on. So thanks very much, Chuck. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.